This is Elio Harmon and Travis Kendall, and you're listening to Season 2 of Monetary Therapy. That's about the worst rap I've ever heard in my life. Jackson Pearson. Jackson Pearson. Nam Q. There's no T. Just Pearson. Nam Q. Erica Meyer. Welcome to episode 12 of Monetary Therapy Season 2. My name is Travis Kendall. And I'm Elio Harmon. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk more about taxes. <laughs> we're going to do our best to make it fun. Surprise. It's going. No, we're not doing that for another episode. All right. We need something else that I can reference when I'm bored and I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Okay. We lost two. More about taxes. We, we two people lose two. There were four. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. No, went down to 20. Sorry. There were 40. We lost. We lost 20. <laughs> 20 viewers. It's half our audience. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get real serious. Seer- no, we're not. It's going to be funny. Uh, it's going to be fun. It won't be funny. There's no no, no uh, promises about All right, let's go, man. Give the value. people what they want. So we talked about personal taxes before. Now now we're going to get uh, real deep and dirty into uh, future taxes, uh, world taxes, what all that crap means. Uh, big, big problem to start us off. You ready, Elio? I'm ready. Numero uno. We got about 80 million baby boomers in the United States. They are all currently between the ages of 55 and 65. People usually retire around 65 due to the Social Security just arbitrarily saying that's when we should, re- we should retire. But what that means is within the next 10 years, we're going to have 80 million people all at their peak earning years, right? The longer you work, the more money you make in general. The older you are, the more money you're going to get paid. So these people are making lots of money, the most money they've ever spent, or sorry, made in their entire lives, and suddenly, within 10 years, they're all going to retire and make far less money. Actually, no money, unless it's coming out of their 401k, which suddenly means income taxes, which help the government run the world and have all sorts of money, are going to literally have, because the the following generation is going to be 40 million people. 40 million people with student loan debt. (laughs) (laughs) So what what is the government going to do when you have literally 40 million less incomes to income tax? Are oh. they just going to keep trudging along and going, hey, well, I guess we'll make it work with less taxes. What do you think, Elio? Well, okay. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I think the first thing that's going to happen is that capital gains tax is going to have to go up. Capital gains taxes might go up. For financial nerds, <laughs> that's taxes yeah, on yeah, income. E- Elio, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's taxes on income from money earned from investments. So that gets taxed at a different rate than uh, uh, like um, employee employer income. So wage wage income gets taxed at a different rate than capital gains. And the only way you're going to get that money is you're going to have to increase the capital gains rate. That's my first theory. And there's going to be a damn riot, okay? Damn riot. Because you've essentially promised people if that they, if they behaved in a certain way, they would get certain rewards. Now you're going to pull the rug out from under them when they need the income on that money the most. That's going to be a problem. But that's one potential place they can find the money for the budget shortfall, which we already have a budget shortfall. It's just going to get worse. Uh, the big point... Number one point here to draw home is taxes somewhere, someplace are going to go up. 
the government's not going to be able to keep sustaining itself once the baby boomers all retire. Because you got Gen X and Gen Y, they're not nearly as large. They're not going to be making nearly as much money as a whole. Uh, it's going to be Craig Cryville. Yeah. It's going to be Craig Cryville. You know the next rug that's going to get pulled up from under people? What's that? You know how Roth IRA withdraws there's not gonna our tax that anymore <laughs> like like their tax exempt no nah. you're, you're gonna you, you yeah i i already know that's gonna happen it's gonna be a complete complete highway robbery but when you go to draw out your roth which you're never supposed to get taxed on because you funded it with after-tax money well surprise surprise that's gonna get taxed that's my theory so number one on this list is that the baby boomers are all going to retire and that's going to be cray-cray and something's going to have to happen. Number two here is that the government can retroactively, not retroactively, but the government can just change whatever the heck they want to change at any point in time. Mm-hmm. They just kind of write a new law and now that's how it's done. Mm-hmm. So there's things like a Roth IRA, which is a, a investment account for people under a certain income bracket that they can uh, contribute to this a certain amount each year and never pay taxes on any of the growth or gains ever. It's pretty cool. But if the government wanted to, they could just say, hey, all you people that have had Roth IRAs for the last 40 years that have big account values, we're going to tax that now. I know we told you we weren't going to, but... Well, here's how you uh, sell it. We're in, we're in the financial straits, so 50% on all your Roth IRAs. Sorry, guys. Right. Don't riot, please. Right. And they just make weed legal and then no one will riot. Well, that is a source of a lot of taxable income that's going um, untaxed right now. Uh, and that's Drugs. what a lot of the uh, the pot legalization folks are saying, is that if you make it a legitimate business and you open up the banking system so you destigmatize it, uh, a lot of cash is going to flow into the legal economy that's now flowing into the underground economy. Now... That's not to say that just because something is legal does not mean that it's going to cause ill effects. We can see what's happening with the opioid crisis where those drugs are all legal. They're all under the prescription of a physician. And we see the the level of abuse that's going on. Um, so, you know, d- d- people will make money. It just doesn't necessarily mean that it will be a net profit for society because those drugs actually contribute to a lot of taxes. But the the societal effect of having those drugs being legal uh, is nuts. Uh, number three, that doesn't really have anything to do with what we talked about yet, but I just thought of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows the term money laundering. They don't r- always know what it's there for or why. Mm-hmm. So I can go um, teach an art class for fun, uh, get paid 50 bucks by the class for the hour in cash, And then I never have to actually say I made that. And then I never have to pay taxes on it. I am being illegal by doing that. But, I mean, it's only 50 bucks. Who's going to know? Who's going to care, right? Um, What ends up happening, especially with drugs and illegal firearms trading, sex trafficking, all this kind of stuff, you have a bunch of people making a lot, a lot of money, but they can't put it in any bank account because now you have a record of having had that money. And then the IRS is going to go, hey, your bank account says you just deposited throughout the year $200,000. Where'd you make all that money? And really, again, the IRS doesn't care about how you made it. Mm-hmm. They care about going, okay, well, you had an income from somewhere, so give us 20% of that $200,000, right? Mm-hmm. So the IRS doesn't care about getting you for uh, for drugs and stuff like that. They care about getting you for tax evasion. And so that's where money laundering comes in. If you watch like Breaking Bad and that kind of stuff, is criminals trying to figure out how to legitimize this money. Because you can't put it into like an investment 
or uh, put it into stocks and bonds. You can't really buy a house with uh, uh, a loan or anything like that by putting a certain amount of money down. If you don't have proof that you actually earned it and you have it in a bank somewhere. No bank is going to take your money out of nowhere without having a record of it. Uh, There's a story, an article I saw recently, Pablo Escobar down in Colombia, who uh, at one point, uh, 80% of all the cocaine, I think, in the world uh, that was being bought came through at some point, someone in Pablo Escobar's minions and cartel thing going on. But he had just so much cash sitting in just bunkers and stuff like that in Colombia that apparently it cost him $300,000 a year just to buy and uh, take care of the rubber bands that linked all the cash together. That's how like crazy amounts of cash he had, and he just had no way to legitimize it. So it's a good thing that uh, the government has done a lot of what they've done because you know you can't legitimize $80 million of, of uh, right. drug money. Uh, but that's where that's actually coming from. Money laundering is trying to legitimize money so you don't have to pay taxes on it, so there's no proof uh, that you made this money without having paid taxes before. Right. Is that it for you? That's all I got. All right, man. So, all right. So, on a whole nother, <laughs> on a, on a, uh, uh, another aspect of it, because we got time to fill. We got at least six minutes. So, you know how on personal income, yeah, you pay your taxes up front? Mm-hmm. What I love about the way the tax system works for a business person is that you pay your taxes on the net profit. So imagine this. Imagine if you went to work. Imagine a world. And you earned a paycheck. Where you went to work and earned a paycheck. And you got the whole amount. So let's say you got paid $20 an hour. There's no taxes taken out. You get your full paycheck every two weeks. Then you go, you pay your rent. You pay rent. Then you pay your light bill. You pay light you bill. You pay child care. You pay child you pay, care. You pay your car note, car, car, insurance, car health insurance, insurance, health insurance. You save money. You save the rest of it. And whatever is left. The leftovers. Practically Is what zero, gets taxed. Is what gets taxed. Imagine a world. Would you take that deal? Would you take that deal? I would. <laughs> For everybody watching right now, would you take that deal? Yeah, For ten, everybody listening people. right now, would you take that deal? Uh, hell yeah, I would take the deal every day of the week. So that is the way the tax structure works for businesses. For businesses. Uh, do you think that's fair? Why do you think we still let that happen? Because to me, the way you uh, made it sound, the way you presented it made me very much take it the way of like, that's ridiculous. Why are we letting them do that? Why uh, start taxing Roth IRAs? Why start raising taxes on everyone else once the baby boomers retire if we can just actually treat businesses like people because apparently they have rights apparently businesses are people corporations are people we had uh, that whole spiel happen about eight years ago uh why not just actually treat them like people then and tax them on the income uh not just the revenue well because businesses businesses wouldn't be able to um, run their business and make investments throughout the year because a lot of the capital that they need access to throughout the year would be taken off the top. So one of the key reasons why it's structured that way is because the the government sees business spending as a direct reinvestment back in the economy. So you pay people, you buy equipment, you pay light bill. They want you to have as much money in your hand to reinvest back into the economy. So I, I totally understand that. But me as a person, when I get money, 
I invest that directly back into the economy mm-hmm. as well. So why do I have to pay it on all that crap? Why, right. why can I only pay it after I'm done paying the child care, all the investment back in the, uh, the society, groceries. Right. That's investment right back in the economy. Because the IRS can more easily go after a corporation and the corporation's owner than trying to have the IRS go after 300 million people. Because I'm telling you right now, if the government depended on you and I to save the money to pay our taxes at the end of the year, the government would not get funded. You know why? Because we would all, like we do now, come to the end of the year <laughs> with no money to show for it. The government's smarter than that. Food, booze, and alcohol. Wait, no, booze. And so for individuals, because they don't have the collection <laughs> apparatus to go after that many people, they just take the money off the top. We'd need uh, like five more of these podcasts to make that work. Yeah. So this has been monetary therapy. Oh, we we just done? Yeah. I think we're never going to do an episode on taxes for another taxes year. Taxes are so hard to talk about. We're at least not going to do it till next tax season. So is there any last final word on taxes that you got, Elio? Any last little tidbit? Any last little pro tip? No. Uh, all I can say is uh, talk to his CPA. Yeah. If you have questions. Or comment us. We'll do the best we can or we'll point you to someone who knows. Thank you so much for joining us. We hate to be leaving you guys with so many people still on the podcast, but you can rewatch this video on Facebook. You can listen to the podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash monetary therapy. This is Elio Harmon. And this is Travis Kendall. And you have been listening to season two of Monetary Therapy.